Well, folks, go money, Gia, Dave Shigalyar, Shaw, Jerry Adams, Arish. August Tommy just take a Swina Quinadini Bach in the charity Bach in Kreslock in Chircon. To eat your moyogumsa or encounter Shin to Karja, a gumsa and a honey in Shin. August Tom McCree Brista, August Tom McCree egg Dolomakuji, the Charlie Una Jake near Dini, a poor boss. I know Kresla well. I have friends who live there, just outside the village, on both ends of the village. So my heart goes out to the families of the 10 people who were killed last Friday in that dreadful accident. And the brave and generous and determined efforts of neighbours and the emergency service is to rescue victims has been absolutely exemplary. It's difficult for anyone to come to terms with the random awfulness of this disaster, even from a distance. So how much harrowing, how much more harrowing how much life-changing is it for friends and family members? And as the week passes in which they buried their dead, our thoughts and prayers are with them all. Gunyani Jia Trukra, Orv. We also had the DUP's party conference. And really it was a conference within its own little bubble. It's the same old story. The DUP was established 50 years ago to oppose civil rights. It was openly sectarian. It pledged to smash Sinn Féin. It failed. It founded its own paramilitary organisations. It set its face against power sharing. It even agitated against the building of Twinbrook, the building of houses in that part of our place. And it successfully outmaneuvered its unionist electoral rivals and emerged triumphant as the largest party in the Assembly. The largest Northern party at Westminster and an ally and a confidant of British Prime Ministers. Everything was going absolutely swimmingly. Then along came Brexit. And the DUP's support for the Brexit debacle, its willingness to act as a funnel for dark money to bolster the Leave campaign in London, its desire for a hard border on the island of Ireland have all backfired stupendously. And in the middle of it, there was the renewable heating incentive scandal, with its evidence of gross incompetence and worse within the DUP, its unwillingness to operate the power-sharing institutions in good faith, led to a whole series of serial crises. Now, none of this will come as a great surprise to even a casual observer of unions' politics. From partition, the northern state was to be theirs, to do with as they choose, to treat non-unionists as they wanted. And some DUPers believe that's the way it should still be. In 1998, as the Good Friday Agreement was endorsed by the people North and South and opposed by the DUP, I recall warning that there would be a battle a day getting the agreement implemented. 
25 years later and the DUP have effectively collapsed the executive, the power-sharing institutions in the north-south strand of the agreement. Other key elements of the Good Friday Agreement remain unrealised, including the Bill of Rights and the Charter of Rights. And the agreement is under threat as never before from the most extreme right-wing Tory government since Margaret Thatcher's day. At the same time, the DUP have set aside any concern for households facing a cost-of-living crisis made worse by that party's adherence to the madness of Brexit. Families are struggling with increasing bills for oil, electric, gas and food. And as the cold weather arrives, pensioners are facing a stark choice between heat and food. In the midst of this crisis, the executive is unable to take decisions on supports which may mitigate for citizens because the DUP refuses to allow the executive to meet, refuses to nominate for the positions that they have a mandate to be taking up. So there's continued opposition from those quarters to investment in our health system. The DUP rejects marriage equality, resists women's health rights and the rights of Irish speakers. And Jeffrey's, you know, and Jeffrey isn't a bad guy, I have to say. But, you know, he's a leader and he's a leader of the party, so he has to lead. And his speech last Saturday saw him come up with the same old stuff. Let me be clear, he declared. Either the Prime Minister delivers the provisions of the protocol bill by legislation or by negotiation and ensures that our place in the United Kingdom is restored or there will be no basis to re-enter Stormont. Of course, there's been a, an electoral cost for this as a result of its failure to read the electorate and the pusity of its leadership, the DUP is no longer the largest party in the Assembly, and nor do the Unionist parties represent the Assembly majority. Michelle O'Neill is First Minister designate. There are more Nationalist MPs now than Unionists at Westminster, and in the recent census, 51% of the population self identified as Irish or Northern Irish. They choose not to identify as British. And the figure of those identifying as British has dropped to 40%. So the big lesson out of the uh, census is that the Protestant state for a Protestant people has ended. It hasn't gone away, it's still there. The, The game's up, but it's not over yet. And that's what I suppose uh, motivates those who have set their face against a future in which we can all work together. Jeffrey should be in the executive. I know he knows that. He should be working with the other parties for the people who voted for him and for the DUP and for the rest of us. Instead, it seems he's looking to an assembly election to restore the DUP's fortunes 
and to reassert Unionist dominance. Mission impossible, my friend. We're all in this together. The days of Unionist, never mind DUP, domination, are over. I'm a long-time fan of Patrick Kavanagh and a long-time supporter of Clatter Accords. The port and the writer, Mr. Kavanagh, was born in rural North Monaghan in 1904. He left school at the age of 12 and taught himself about literature. He went on to become one of our leading poets. His early life was steeped in rural ways. He felt, readily or not, that there was an intellectual barrenness to this existence. Although, he wrote, the literal idea of the peasant is of a farm labouring person. In fact, a peasant is all that mass of mankind which lives below a certain level of consciousness. They live in the dark cave of unconscious and they scream when they see the light. And although his native area was poor, he felt that the real poverty, as he put it, was lack of enlightenment. And I'm afraid, he said, this fog of unknowing affected me dreadfully. Nobel laureate Seamus Heaney was influenced by Kavanagh. He was introduced to Kavanagh's work by the writer Megan McCloverty when they caught together at St Thomas's School, not a stone's throw from where I am at the moment, on the White Rock Road in West Belfast. Heaney and Kavanagh both believed that the local could reflect the universal. Heaney said of Kavanagh, his instruction and example helped us to see an essential difference between what he called the parochial and the provincial mentalities. As Kavanagh himself put it, all great civilizations are based on the parish. Kavanagh's poems include On Raglan Road, A Christmas Child, October, A Memory of My Mother, The Great Hunger, Bluebells Are for Love. His novel, Tarry Flynn, or The Green Fool, is a gem. Clannor Accords was founded in 1959 by Gareth Brown and his friend Ivor Brown to record and popularise our indigenous music. Clada famously brought us the Chieftains alongside other amazing musicians like Leo Roston and Tommy Putz. I still have Gumbleska, that should be Tommy Putz. I'm thinking of uh, Edwin, who doesn't play the fiddle. I still have LPs from this era. Clada also recorded poets like Mara McEntee and Paddy Kavanagh and others. And now they have launched the Kavanagh Collection, almost everything. And it includes Kavanagh reading his own work and reflecting on his life. He's joined by a range of other readers, including Bono, Liam Neeson, Christy Moore, Hosea, Kathleen Watkins, Michael D, Jesse Buckley, and Sharon Corr. But listening to Kavanagh himself is a special treat. Garrick Brown and others involved were visionaries. He planned for a revival of Clatter Records and hoped before his death for the release, the re-release of some of its albums which were in 
storage at that time. He said, I would like the recordings to be available to anyone interested in Irish music, poetry and the written word. They're no good to anyone where they are now. I'm delighted that Clada have been relaunched. I'm looking forward to the publication of a history of Clada records, which Garrett Brown was involved with. James Morrissey, chairperson of Clutter Records, is centrally involved in these very positive and welcome initiatives. Clutter have secured a licensing deal with Universal Music Ireland. And in an interview with Siobhan Long in the Irish Times, Morrissey says the aim is to make its catalogue available everywhere. I've often thought that the best way to understand poetry is to read it aloud. Thanks to Clutter, we now have one of our finest poets, Patrick Kavanagh, doing that for us. So check it out at cladarecords.com. And we'll go out this week with Patrick Kavanagh and an extract from almost everything, just giving us a verse or two. So Shinei Akharja, Gunyurian Ta Libsha, Arais Shogusla, Kunab Jai, Yori Medjarish, the Tamil, Slan August Banakti. If ever you go to Dublin town, in a hundred years or so, inquire for me in Bayet Street and what he was like to know. Oh, he was a queer one, followed all the Dido. He was a queer one, I tell you. My great grandmother knew him well. He asked her to come and call. On him in his flat and she giggled at the thought of a young girl's lovely fall. Oh, he was dangerous, followed all the Dido. He was dangerous, I tell you. On Pembroke Road, look out for my ghost, dishevelled with shoes untied, playing through the railings with little children, whose children have long since died. Oh, he was a nice man, followed all the Dido. He was a nice man, I tell you. Go into a pub and listen well, if my voice still echoes there. Ask the men what their grandfathers thought, and they tell them to answer fair. Oh, he was eccentric, followed all the Dido. He was eccentric, I tell you. He had the knack of making men feel as small as they really were, which meant as great as God had made them, but as male as they disliked his air. Oh, he was a proud one, followed all the Dido. He was a proud one, I tell you.